0: This is a tweet that we received this, uh, this past week. Um, I don't know if you saw it, Brace.
1: Oh, I saw it.
0: Attention, hashtag, Jeffrey Epstein, conspiracy nuts. First of all, not a nut.
1: Second of all, we didn't do the conspiracy. The yeah. like Clintons did.
0: Stop all your boring ruminations and focus on this. Sure, my connection is vastly weaker than at real Donald Trump and at Bill Clinton, and I'm vastly less important, but you can weave more interesting fiction, and that's what you're all about. This is from Patry Friedman, which, by the way, if you're listening, hello, Patry.
1: Yes. Oh, he's definitely listening. Patry Friedman is one of those strange oddities of the modern age. He is Milton Friedman's grandson. And he can suck my fucking dick. Uh, I he only got 29 likes on this bad boy. Uh I um, found on his LinkedIn, which is the pedophiles platform, that <laughs> he really was is. the board of directors and director of fund... On the board of directors and was the director of fundraising for a little organization called Humanity Plus. Now, you might remember Humanity Plus from that... Uh, little Epstein adventure into transhumanism, he donated a bunch of money to them. Epstein did. Yes. Uh, He donated a bunch of money to them during the three years that our boy, Patry, was the director of fundraising. I pointed this out, or someone using our account pointed this out.
0: It wasn't just money, though. He paid the salary of one of the board of directors, correct? Yes,
1: yes, correct.
0: I believe that's been in... Repeat, that's been reported in at least the New York Times if not also the Washington Post
1: yes and uh it's the, for once they got it correct
0: yes it, the not failing New York Times so as I'm always saying
1: the winning New York Times mm-hmm. so I pointed this out I uh, thought it was uh, said another one of the strange minded details in the case which it is you know I don't think Patrick is big enough um of a player to go on the island and he had a meltdown it was it was totally insulting he was like tweeting like Repeatedly at us. He should be honored to be connected to Jeffrey <laughs> Epstein. It erases it it, it 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 makes it so the connection to his grandfather, Milton Friedman, a pedophile is sort <laughs> allegedly, of, uh, yeah, race, allegedly, allegedly allegedly a pedophile. Yeah, it has been alleged by others that he is a pedophile. No, it um hasn't. that he and I called him a neo-reactionary. He says he's not a neo-reactionary. On his Wikipedia, there is a section. That says neo reactionary views.
0: Well, he apparently he doesn't identify as a neo reactionary anymore.
1: Well, I'm sorry, this snowflake doesn't just get to identify as whatever he wants. I'm calling him, I sees him. He actually he called that that stems from a Facebook post he made where he calls for a less racist red pill.
0: Yes, actually, a fun little fact about our friend Patrick uh-huh. is that he also ran a blog called. P U A for L R.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you know what that stands for, Brace? Pickup
1: artists for what's Elena uh Lena Del Raytheon?
0: <laughs> Long pickup artists for long term relationships. Okay. So So it's... this is where he posted about why how it was important for married men to be red pilled because they didn't want their wives to be like scoldy mm. scoldy annoying wives and they had to be alpha. Yeah. And pick up artist style.
1: But he he's now actually a proponent of monogamy.
0: I mean they all are, all those guys, you know, Roosh. <laughs> yeah. You saw how Roosh is now like full Eastern Orthodox? Or yes.
1: Well, I mean, I I would I welcome Mr. Friedman to the realm of monogamy. And he can monogamously suck my dick for the rest <laughs> of his life. <laughs>
0: Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein.
1: Je- Je- Jeffrey Come here. Come here. Jeffrey Jeffrey yeah. Welcome to Trueman. You
0: always get to do it. Can I do it? Yeah. Wait. How do you do it?
1: Welcome. It's <laughs> <Okay>. like welcome. <laughs> do that one first. Okay.
0: Welcome to to, to L- n- kind of studded on the first syllable. <laughs> Welcome to True Welcome to True The only podcast that is a podcast about Jeffrey Epstein.
1: Yeah, wow. It's a podcast twice in one sentence. <laughs> Let me try it again. This needs some male energy. Uh the only podcast which is firing Liz Franzak as a host <laughs>
0: That's after this if.
1: episode. Uh hi, I'm Brace. Hi, Brace. I'm Liz. Hello, Liz. <laughs> and we are joined by producer Young Chomsky and a mysterious man who's smoking a cigarette and jacking <laughs> off.
0: <laughs> That's not
1: happening. How are you doing? Uh I've been in the mountains for quite a while now, uh, basically since last episode, and so I have been out of Epstein sort of zone of mind control. Uh I'm back. Are you and back,
0: miserable. you're back in it. Yeah. <laughs> um Speaking of, there's a lot of stuff to go over.
1: First off, fuck Larry Salona. Oh, wait. (laughs) Oh, wait. (laughs) First off, it's true. What? Cameras.
0: Yes. So, the Washington Post, Jeff Bozos Bezos paper, Mm -hmm. just announced that investigators scrutinizing video outside Epstein's cell find some footage unusable. Brace, what a surprise.
1: I, for one, am shocked. <laughs> Nobody has suggested that this might happen. Everybody thought these we were going to get crystal clear footage of Jeffrey Epstein's cell being not entered by anyone under any circumstances.
0: Right. And him just kneeling down really hard committing yeah. suicide, which we all know is what happened.
1: And, you know, it's, it's in, in the post, you know, somehow notes in this article that yes, uh, Epstein's. Hyoid bone was broken, and that usually appears in homicides, not suicides, which, you know, it would really help us if we could learn that there was no possibility of homicide there, right?
0: Well, what's funny is it says, it was not immediately clear why some video footage outside Epstein's cell <laughs> is too flawed for investigators to use, or what is visible in the usable footage. Yeah, I okay, it's not immediately clear?
1: Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty clear. So... I don't get it. Did the camera just degrade? Like did it, it did it just start disintegrating? What 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 did someone spill something on it? It's a fucking camera. It works.
0: So there's at least one camera in the hallway. Yeah. Well had footage it's, that is unusable, although clearer footage was captured in the area.
1: In the area.
0: In the area. That's
1: super vague.
0: So it's like you're gonna I mean, this is I keep saying, but it's like exactly like on the wire where it's just like there's no footage.
1: There's no footage.
0: No, it's like whoopsies. The one time we did it, we turned the cameras around. We're
1: gonna see something on loop of a bl- of a hallway that could be anywhere, and it's we're we're not gonna see anybody.
0: It is unclear whether the flaw in the taping affected a limited duration of the footage, or whether it was a chronic problem in the beleaguered Manhattan facility. Oh, the beleaguered Manhattan facility.
1: I know that's the thing. Is is it's it's just like they're gonna try to position Jeffrey Epstein as like a sick man who needs help. They're gonna try to position this as like, oh, it's just we need more money for the MCC. Mm. You know. Well, yeah,
0: it's understaffed.
1: Mm-hmm. As we
0: know, that's the reason why. No one saw it because understaffed. Yeah, and now you know the infrastructure's rotting. It's
1: we need it. We need a boost of money in here. Yeah,
0: so I don't buy
1: it. So I've actually been thinking about something too. You think they make Anthony Weiner do the hits now? (laughs) What do you mean? Well, he owes them, right? He owes the Clintons. (laughs) I think that I think that he's their man. I think he could. He's like a he can like slip through bars and stuff. He's a skinny man. I
0: know, but he's kind of dumb.
1: Yeah, agreed. What else do we got? Larry Salona. I look like Larry Salona too. Who's that, Bruce? Larry Salona is a por- reporter for the New York Post, owned by Rupert Murdoch. Uh, let me, before we get into this, let me tell you a little story about Rupert Murdoch and Ghislaine Maxwell's father. Mm. When uh, Robert Maxwell, F- Mossad asset Robert Maxwell, Uh, first bought his newspapers, or or first started constructing his newspaper empire, he had on the top of his building a helicopter landing pad installed. And that was pretty rare at the time. And what he would do is he would fly over Rupert Murdoch's office on the way to meetings, specifically, like, go out of his way to basically buzz Murdoch's office to be like, ha-ha, I can travel by helicopter anywhere where I want, and you can't. Uh, And it must bring Murdoch so much joy to just, like, help out his old rival's daughter like this?
0: I mean, so what is Larry... Do you want to give a little introduction to Larry Salona?
1: Larry Salona is a reporter at the sometimes failing, sometimes winning New York Post, who has broken quite a few stories.
0: Yes, the Post was the first to leak Epstein's suicide.
1: And we'd like to shout out uh, Twitter account user Moon Cult. For collating a lot of this information,
0: yeah, that's a good. That's a good follow, you guys.
1: Um, so, when the post first came out with the article, because as you remember, they were the original people who had the Ghislaine Maxwell uh, in and out exclusive photos. They reported that the regular diner or daily regular recognized her and asked her who she was, and she said, "You know, she admitted her identity," and then he took this picture with a really fancy camera. Yes. Of course, that selection was later deleted. Right. That in itself would be like, okay, this guy's a bit of a hack. He was passed along some uh, story and he sort of just, he, you know, he put it out kind of um, gormlessly. Right? Unless you take into consideration that Mr. Salona was also the man who had the Epstein death picture.
0: Not only that, but this is where it gets even weirder. And we probably are going to go into this a little bit more next week, but Larry Salona was also involved in the filming of Eyes Wide Shut.
1: Yes, he had the newspaper. He was the he was the author of the New York Post uh, article in that.
0: Not only that, but he was hired by Stanley Kubrick as a consultant on the film.
1: Jesus Christ!
0: So the so let's just like. Let's circle back on this a little bit. Mm -hmm. So just to like zoom out a little bit and give everyone the full picture. What we're saying is the New York Post reporter, Rupert Murdoch's New York Post, Larry Salona, the man who reported not just Ghislaine Maxwell's whereabouts in Los Angeles, including the photograph, not just the attempted suicide on our good friend Jeffrey and the Mm -hmm. MCC by Nicholas Tartaglioni. Not just Jeffrey Epstein's alleged suicide in the MCC. Mm -hmm. Also was a consulting uh, journalist on Stanley Kubrick's final film, Eyes Wide Shut, which was said to have revealed some things that perhaps some very famous people did not want revealed surrounding certain types
1: of sex cults. So why was Salona brought in on this, do you think?
0: Well, I don't know.
1: Do you think perhaps that like the people that Kubrick had this sort of weird relationship with um, insisted on his presence? Or do you think that Salona was just sort of placed to be around Kubrick?
0: So... It's going to get even crazier, Brace. Oh, my God. When Kubrick died, yeah. Salona yeah. was the first one to break the story.
1: Uh, what? Bullshit. Yeah. So this Salona guy, there's it's difficult to find information about him, but he's been working at the New York Post for a long time, and he has a, let me just say, quite a few articles out
0: yeah it's pretty crazy, and you know this is the kind of stuff that makes you feel like um like homeland like you're putting all these little like pins in a board and connecting all the dots, but we're gonna probably get into more of him later
1: yes we'll we'll talk about we'll we'll get we'll get to a deep dive into uh, yes. Mr. Kubrick's legacy in his last film
0: yes, but um that was a really weird little little thing we found out this week,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> What do we got next?
0: You also were telling me that you've been looking uh, looking into some weird stuff.
1: So first, let's say Zoro Ranch brings to mind immediately a pair of sweatpants that Mr. Epstein wants. <laughs> and Liz, you discovered this earlier this week. Yes, right?
0: yes. We were looking at um, Jeff Fit Picks, as I like to call it. He is
1: swag.
0: Yeah, he's he's got a good look. And that I, you know, it gives me no
1: pleasure to report this. He's athle is that athleisure? Sure. Yeah. It's kind
0: of like Norm. He's like a kind of a Normcore. Yeah.
1: Like, I. He's would, Brooklyn and Manhattan.
0: Yeah. I would not be surprised if, like, he, like, Supreme uses his, like, mugshot in their next ad campaign or something. Oh, that'd be excellent. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah. So, his sweatpants.
0: Yeah. So, he, so he was a big fan of the monogram. Yeah. And he had sweatpants that said Zorro down the leg. Mm-hmm. But what's the crazier ones is he had another pair of sweatpants that said LSJ for
1: Little Saint James for Little Saint
0: James down the leg.
1: Uh, there's no there's no Great
0: Saint James ones GSJ. I didn't see.
1: I think LSJ was a baby. It,
0: I this I mean I kind of wanted I saw them and I was like oh, those are kind of cool.
1: Do you think we could bootleg? Do you them? think
0: that's fucked up if I wore something like well, that? Well,
1: no, it's sort of like, you know, you're a woman who will never have sex with Jeffrey Epstein on account of your age.
0: Breeze? Um, <laughs> what? You're you're too old. I I'm twenty years
1: old. He likes sixteen year olds. Why am I in trouble for this? Um I think it would be a, I think Don't it would call be me a, old, Breeze. I'm not calling you old, I'm calling you too old. No or Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> it's it's not an insult it's like um so he so he was basically the man is fitted in straight epstein wear
0: yeah
1: my god yeah he also it's in front of uh, in front of the mance in new york he uh, also had uh je just on the wall it's kind of like tacky like it's like putting your name just everywhere like trump yeah oh it's a total trump thing just like branding everything jeff
0: <laughs> it would have been awesome if it was just Jeff.
1: Yeah, I know, because it's such a stupid fucking name. Apologies <laughs> to all Jeffs out there. And Epstein is just, like, not a, like, cool or, if like... If name's
0: Jeff, change your name.
1: Yeah, to Brace. <laughs> or Liz. Um. So, yes. We're, we're, so, we're,
0: you... But that's not what I was getting at. You told me that you've been a little pizza-pilled. Yeah,
1: yeah. absolutely. Well, I mean, so... Let me be clear what I mean by pizza-pilled. Pizzagate is real, right? But it's also not real. Like, all, the whole, like, premise of Pizzagate, which is that, like, Hillary Clinton has her own ring, blah, blah, blah. It's being run out of the basement of this pizza restaurant. That was, like, not real. But all of the facts that were reported in some of these Pizzagate websites that I may or may not have been looking at, well, they are real. Does that make any sense? Um, yes. So, like, so what I'm saying is Pizzagate's not real, but all the facts in Pizzagate are real. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And some of those facts have led me to examine Zorro Ranch in, let's say, greater detail.
0: The sex farm.
1: Yeah. Well, the sex hacienda. hmm
0: So, um, our astute listeners might remember that we talked about his New Mexico compound on an episode. And this is what what he called Zorro Ranch, mm-hmm. where he was planning on um, a large-scale, uh, let's call it, insemination project.
1: Absolutely would call it a large-scale insemination project.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and Brace has been doing a little bit of uh, digging into some interesting sources.
1: Yeah. So one of the original uh, real estate agents that he used uh, to try to find him some property in New Mexico. Uh, He didn't end up going with her, but she reported that she looked around, you know, presented with a bunch of places and then came back to the place where he was staying, knocked on the door and he answered it and he was flanked by a bevy of Young girls. Epstein was. Epstein was. She assumed they were his daughters.
0: Why is everyone... This is what everyone says. This is not a, de- a good, like, alibi. You
1: can't just say that someone's got a bunch of daughters.
0: Who has, who has, like, ten daughters that are all the same age?
1: And having sex with him. Well, I mean, it's New Mexico. Who knows what they get up to in the desert there. Um, yeah, so when I went to... The, this is what she says. Her name is uh, French. When I went to the door where he was staying, it was filled with teenage girls. <laughs> I just assumed they were his daughters. I didn't think much about it at the time. So it was actually filled with teenage girls. <laughs> what does that mean, filled? It's a what room. What is this, like the Von Trapp family? Filled with, yeah, filled with teenage girls. <laughs> um, his, his. So we've we, we, we gone over the ranch a little bit before to remind everybody uh there is the living room. According to the plans, is 2,100 square feet, which is uh, larger than the average house in Santa Fe. Um, there's an elevator, eight bathrooms, four fireplaces, three bedrooms, a pool cabana, a 30-foot tree. A thirty-tree fruit orchard and a one-acre organic garden.
0: Oh, what's well, it's a gran- Organic. That's nice.
1: There was also plans. He he took out he took out permits to build an airstrip on some of the land outside uh, of his of his property. Um, once there were some questions raised about it from the people that were dealing with it in the government, he withdrew those plans and then rebuilt the, then built the airstrip on like the the area surrounding his house. Oh, yeah.
0: So he just was like. Oh, I he think just did it anyway. Prob-
1: well, I think he just wanted a little less scrutiny on it. Got it. Uh, so Epstein's Ranch, um, it is equidistant. Oh, this is where we're going to get a little weird, you guys. Well, I'm not going to go too into it now, but I can. I want Equid- you to. Equidistant from Roswell, New Mexico <laughs> and Aztec, New Mexico. Okay, What it's, everyone knows Roswell. Aztec is sort of a similar incident to Roswell that occurred around the same time. There was a crash. There was witnesses. In this case, though, one of the witnesses mm, turned out not to be so reliable, and the other witness possibly <laughs> similar. But there are credible reports from ex-CIA agents that the CIA visited these two men and encouraged them to keep telling their stories. Oh. So the UFO thing. So first of all, UFOs <laughs> are real. UFOs okay, we're are,
0: getting a little weird, you guys. UFOs are us. real.
1: Because what does UFO means? UFO means unidentified flying object.
0: Yeah, it's just when you can't tell what something is.
1: Exactly. And there's UFOs all the time. The Air Force has studied them. It's admitted. Sometimes there's things that... You, people, listeners to this should look up the Phoenix fucking lights. Because something happened there. <laughs> Phoenix Lights was a little incident where there was a bunch of lights over Phoenix. Thousands of people saw them. Uh, Some people described them as being like several battleships fused together. They blocked out the stars wherever they moved. It changed shapes and sizes. The governor at the time, Fife Symington, saw these lights. Uh, This was in 1997. Saw them flying over. And at some points, they formed a sort of triangular shape missing the bottom bar. And he called a press conference. And he was like, oh, my God. I saw that too, like, I wanna figure out what's going on. Like, it's it. this freaked me out as well. Uh, a few days later, he calls another press conference where he's like, we have caught the culprit, you know? And he brings out his uh, chief of staff dressed as a space alien and sort of made a fool of it. And he was, people were furious at him. He wasn't reelected. Uh, about a decade later uh, on, on like CNN, I believe, uh, he was like, hey, Um, My biggest regret is actually really not pursuing that. After I had the first press conference, I was visited by the government and they told me to make this go away. And to make light of it. So that's what I did. And it's, it's one of my biggest regrets because I know what I saw. Wow. Anyways. Back to Epstein. <laughs> little detour. So, yeah. So I, I don't know what the Phoenix lights were, but they were ident- identified flying objects. Back to Epstein. He is equidistant between these two, uh, let's say, sites of interest. In New Mexico, and so the Southwest in general is sort of been the focus of a lot of this this alien stuff, but also you have Area 51, you have Los Alamos, which we'll go into that a little more in a second, um, and and you have all these various Trinity missile testing sites, uh, You have these various spots where something happened, but no one can agree on it. And now nobody talks about it, or at least nobody talks about it in like realistic terms. So with the, with the sort of UFO thing, it was, it's, it's, it's come out, you know, a hundred times over that the government, yes, was involved in propagating these stories to distract people from what was going on at Kirkland Air Force Base, to distract from testing the U-2 spy plane. And in fact, right. in Roswell, they say that the um, the crash object there was a balloon they were testing, which had microphones on it to catch sound waves from atomic bomb blasts in the Soviet Union. They were doing like a test flight before they flew over the Soviet Union. Oh. Well, I mean, that sounds like a bunch of bullshit for yeah, me. Yeah, that kind of sounds a little funny. If... If they were grays.
0: Wait, wait, grays?
1: Grays? So, you know the Take Me to Your Dealer alien? Imagine him with a Yeah, little little green guy. Little green guy. Well, the gray. The green is sort of an artist's interpretation. They are gray. Uh, They sort of have this soft triangle head, these large eyes. Yeah, like you. Yeah, well, yeah. Yes, like me. Um, And these sort of slit mouths uh, and these kind of thin limbs. Right. They look vaguely humanoid, right? Um, I mean, they've got their bipeds, they've got four four limbs, they got hands and stuff. Um, Think about this. If you were trying to get to this planet from the nearest solar system, it would take you 10,000 light years, right? Mm -hmm. So you couldn't send a carbon-based life form. And in these ships that people have found, or what they claim were ships, you know, if, if we're taking them at their work, there were no bathrooms, there were no facilities, there were pretty bare bones in there. Okay. So to fly creatures, you know, these hundreds of thousands of years or whatever um, would, would be quite, you know, how are we going to eat? Where are you going to go to the bathroom? All this stuff uh, would be much easier to fly some sort of cyborg brain out there. Right, and if you were trying to like if for instance, if you're like let's take it from our perspective, if we saw a planet with life on it and we wanted to send something there to observe it, you would try to send something that looked like those life forms, right mm-hmm. so it could be whatever these gas beans or whatever beans that are are are, are first observed us from whatever func- far-flung solar system saw us, they couldn't really reproduce what we look like because we're probably very different from them. They made these little guys, sent them down to Earth as sort of like cyborgs to observe us. You okay. don't seem convinced.
0: <laughs> no, I'm with you. I was just... What's funny is that you just reminded me of one of the, like, post-human projects. What's that? Which is what they call... Um, this. It's kind of part of their, like, super longevity program Mm -hmm. or that's like one you know one of the
1: prongs or whatever yeah uh, increasing one's lifespan to like a
0: right and so the idea is that um you would download that we'll get to a point where we can just download our consciousness to a type of like silicon substrate yeah that would then just be fed into either a computer or a robot i mean those are basically the same things and that, that is how your mind and your consciousness could live forever.
1: So it's pretty plausible that, like, perhaps some beings on another planet had a similar idea and actually went through with it.
0: I mean, I... I'm i with you. I'm with you.
1: Yeah. I mean, this proves the existence of God, so I'm not sure why you would be <laughs> tripping about this.
0: Um, okay, but let's bring it back to so New Mexico. Epstein.
1: So there are a lot of strange things in New Mexico. One of the things that that I noticed on his his ranch was a long building, a sort of dorm looking building. Dorm. Uh, d- well, yeah, possibly for staff or dot dot dot. <laughs> staff it, quotation mark staff. Exactly, people. Who Lady staff. Perhaps pain, or perhaps maybe not was not paying, Maybe right, had their right, passports. Right, right. Um, with bars on the windows. Ugh. There was only one building with bars on the windows, and it is this building. And this looks like the kind of building that you don't want to get put in. Ugh. Yeah, uh, he when he's home, his neighbors would say, and I find this to be a really sort of arresting image. He comes home about once at every month and a half, every two months, mm-hmm. and the lights from his hacienda would blot out the stars. They were so bright. That's so bright. Yeah, well, light pollution's you know it can get pretty crazy, but out there, you know, it's a really sparse area. I invite you to look at it in a satellite map. Search uh, Zorro Ranch Road or Forty Nine Zorro uh, Zorro Ranch Road. And then you can kind of go up into the little foothills. It's pretty
0: creepy looking. It is. It's in the same way that Little St. James, the compound on Little St. James just kind of doesn't feel right. mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, with the
0: temple and with the um, sundial at Little St. James, there's something very odd and off-putting about Zorro Ranch.
1: And yeah, speaking of that sundial, there is a symbol on Zorro Ranch that's almost like a target. Uh, And again, I invite our listeners to look this up. It is a, there's a square, and in that square, there are four sort of like uh, like circles caught up into quadrants. Uh, and in the middle, there is a little bit of, uh, I don't know what you would call it, scrub brush in a circle. Uh, it, overall, the thing looks like shit. It looks like no one waters it or no one planted anything. And there is like green, fresh grass nearby, so it's not, like the, it's not available to them. Uh, there is something about the center of that target. And the fact that it is a target that gives me a feeling. That feeling is the same kind of feeling I get when I look at the temple and at that sundial. Like there is something here that is happening that we don't know about and that certainly investigators from the government aren't going to tell us about. It should be noted that in Epstein's parcel of land, there is another parcel owned by the state. And in that parcel, which again is in the middle of Jeffrey Epstein's land that he owns is a circular building. I think there could be something underground here.
0: I mean, I think that's
1: without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's there's another sorry, again I have to go t- t- tell about a little something. There is sort of a a long-standing urban legend or actually I guess you could call it ex-urban legend uh about what's called Dolce Bases underneath. <laughs> uh <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. This is a real thing to some people. uh, Which are underground bases. Military bases. uh, Military bases. But uh, in the vein of Area 51, sort of secret military bases. Where uh, a particular one in northern New Mexico uh, was taken over by Greys. And uh, as reported in the Independent, there was a firefight between Delta Force and the Greys that left 60 human beings and an untold amount of aliens dead.
0: I'm sorry, the independent?
1: Yeah. Well, they were somewhat skeptical of the claims. Um,
0: <laughs> but, now, here, wait, I have a question. Because uh-huh. we're getting, I do, you know, I like to get weird.
1: What do you got? <laughs> we're going to edit that out.
0: Is this in any way connected, th- these military bases, to the Denver airport? I mean, without a doubt.
1: I'm not a Denver airport expert, although, I mean, it is, it is unquestionable that there's something going on there. Yeah. I, I think we got to get Governor Ventura on the show. <laughs> um, but I'm sure it is. I mean, if you build one tunnel, you build a million. I mean, it's right there. It's right there. In Colorado, the Colorado-New Mexico border is actually where this rumored base is supposed to be. Hmm. See, it's all
0: coming together.
1: So the thing is about the, this, this base rumor is that, without a doubt, there are underground bases. I mean, there are, like, proven underground bases. Right, yeah. In America, like NORAD and all that shit. Um, I think, just like the, the, the UFO thing was to throw off the scent from the CIA's actual activities by having this fantastical story. Or, like, QAnon was created to throw people off the scent of this story. I think those underground bases in the northern uh, New Mexican and uh, Colorado and deserts are actually covering up the real underground bases elsewhere in the state.
0: <laughs> this is like a meta,
1: it's, a, du- it's like
0: double base. Yeah.
1: It's like being, oh man, I shit my pants when you actually piss them. No. So everyone's looking for the doo-doo while the pee is flying no, down grace. your way. That's well, true. You've done that. do um, won't say that. Okay, I won't say that. She's done that. No. Um, So I think it's entirely possible that Epstein, or Epstein in conjunction with some other people, had uh, possibly something going on underground here. It's interesting to note, too, that elsewhere on the, like, bordering his property is a solar station. And astute readers might remember the uh, mysterious closure of a solar observatory in New Mexico. And I'm reading for NPR here. A solar observatory in New Mexico reopened Monday after being closed by authorities for 10 days, which spawned national interest and speculation into the causes of its evaluations. This was in September of last year. Uh, They say, they kind of make light of it and say aliens weren't involved, but a solar station was closed elsewhere in New Mexico for 10 days. What the fuck is going on there, Liz? I mean, I, I can't tell you. The FBI is refusing to tell us what's going on, says Sheriff Benny House. We've got people up there that requested us to stand by while they evacuated. Nobody would really elaborate on any circumstances as to why the FBI was up there and their, what their purpose is, nobody will say. There were also Black Hawk helicopters. And this is not like some guy saw a Black Hawk. This is like reported in the news that there were Black Hawk helicopters going around the solar station. Sounds a little funny to me. Yeah. There's some strange stuff going on in New Mexico, Liz.
0: Yeah. I mean, just to. Uh, no comment from me in the Peanut Gallery.
1: So, we're also pretty close here at Zoro Ranch to a little place called Los Alamos.
0: Oh, you've, talk, you've mentioned Los Alamos before.
1: Well, something pretty famous happened there, right? Yes. So, what happened at Los Alamos, Liz?
0: Los Alamos is the home of the Manhattan Project, the laboratory that built the atom bomb and then tested it.
1: Yes. Pretty cool. At co- Trini- the Trinity site. Trinity site. Wow. Very close to Epstein's ranch. How close? I think it's like 110 miles away. Hmm. Um, 111 miles away from the Trinity missile site. <laughs> Los Alamos has a little Epstein connection. And that connection is, of course, like many things, through one Robert Maxwell.
0: Oh gosh, he's back! He's back, Robert <laughs> Maxwell go. again, father of Gillian Maxwell. And
1: it's funny, actually. I, I heard him described as the socialist Robert Rupert Murdoch. What? Yeah. Well, because he, you know, he was a Labour Party MP. <laughs> oh
0: yeah,
1: he, he yeah, was. And he you're was right. from he was from sort of that border region of like Czechoslovakia, Hungary, whatever, uh-huh. uh, where actually it went. It was passed, like the villages from was passed through control from the Hungary or the Austria-Hungary to Czechoslovakia and then later, of course, Germany. Sure, sure. Um,
0: Their first target. His mother
1: apparently was of of good Jewish socialist stock and he kind of kept like pretending he was for a little while. He later, of course, dropped that. (laughs) So Maxwell, on behalf of Mossad, was bribing Texas Republican Senator John Tower to the tune of $200,000 a year. For what? Uh, he asked John Tower to advise him. Mr. Tower, of course, advise just means like, I need a way to bribe you. What right? year is this in? This is during the Reagan, Reagan era. Okay. Uh, to, and John Tower promised him, if you pay me, the doors are open. Like to anywhere. Robert Maxwell decided to test that out by opening one of the hardest and most closed doors in America.
0: The door to my bedroom.
1: Yes. And you got in and had sex with you. No. And then you gave birth to Ghislaine Maxwell. No. Um, But no, yeah. Uh, So it is... You know, I remembered something. What? You turned me down for a date like 12 years ago. (laughs) What? Yes. Wait, really? At the knockout, yeah. I don't remember this. This is my revenge. Wait, what? When did that happen? I can't really remember. It. I was like, wait. What? Did you ask me? So, now with that on the tip of my mind, uh, no. Tip of your mind. Tip of my mind. <laughs> uh, Robert Maxwell used his connection to John Tower to get into Los Alamos to sell them promise software promise promise p-r-o-m-i-s yes. it was developed by ins and it was as a case management software that's
0: what they call it case law management law yeah it was promise was the first if i understand correctly and and please mansplain to me if i have this wrong which i probably do <laughs> um but it was the first sort of like cross-agency um, like what you call "man" quote-unquote management software. So between the CIA, FBI, NSA, DOD, um, a way to kind of uh, have a central database of all their sort of information and cases. And it was in a lot of ways, supposedly, the precursor to the um, PRISM program, which of course famously was... Um, unearthed by one Edward Snowden mm-hmm.
1: not too long ago. A CIA agent we like. <laughs> Could be. Uh, yeah, well, the promise is... There is a lot of promise to talk about. And mm. in fact, it's one of the longest-running scandal in, in U.S. history.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it was a huge
1: scandal. To Long story short, Maxwell got into Los Alamos. Maxwell gives, uh, or sells, rather, Los Alamos Laboratory the promise software. And famously this software had a backdoor.
0: Oh. A backdoor
1: that could be exploited by people who had the right technology, which at the time is only, I think Israel did, uh, or I know Israel did. Right. But he later may have accidentally sold that backdoor to some other countries too. Interesting. What countries do you think? Uh, Soviet Union and China, <laughs> which actually is cool. Actually, China at the time was a uh, capitalist um Let's say counter revolution going on there, right. soft counter revolution, uh, which they won, and the Soviet Union was on its way to dissolution. Right. But um, not the
0: best time in either country.
1: No, no. But uh, of course, we still staunchly support them, even
0: now. <laughs> uh, yes, Mr. Z, if you're listening.
1: Yes, come <laughs> subscribe to the Patreon. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's um, so. I'm sure that when Ghislaine was flying down in her private plane with Mr. Maxwell to the little private airport, a mr. Uh, excuse me, I'm with Mr. Epstein on the little private pra- airport on Epstein's property, she had a twinge of ancestral memory of her father inside the hallowed halls of those laboratory, selling them secrets which he would then exploit.
0: This is just it kind of explodes the brain, all of these different connections and everything crossing each other and it's like the same names and the same places Mm -hmm. and it starts to make you just feel insane
1: yes well here's another little thing to 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 blow your mind out a little bit Epstein's Ranch is pretty close to Santa Fe New Mexico it's about 25 miles away Mm -hmm. in Santa Fe New Mexico is a little institute we talked about before
0: which one the
1: Santa Fe Institute
0: Wait, really? Is that
1: the name? The, the name is the Santa Fe. And we talked about this, this before. Is so that was so anticlimactic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> little Epstein gave a lot of money to them, which they're now like, "Oh, he just gave us money and asked for nothing in return." They have a lot of like really out there scientists. It's that kooky Southwest science shit. Where, like, who knows what the fuck they're talking about.
0: (laughs) Like pottery. Yeah. I found the connection. (laughs) Tapestries.
1: Yeah. Well, a little more advanced than that, like metaphysics or megaphysics. Yes, I know. I'm teasing. um, However, one of the main, uh, let's say, uh, public faces of this institution is one Cormac McCarthy. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about this. This is so weird. Yes. You know what another one is? Pierre Omidyar. Wait, well, okay.
0: Oh, boy. Before we get into...
1: You want to tackle Cormac first? Yeah, let's talk
0: McCormick first because Pedophile. this is a... Pedophile. No. No? Everyone's saying no. <laughs> not... A...
1: That's just... You can't just... Just because you like someone doesn't mean they're never not a... I said I liked... I mean, he's fine. He's all right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Everyone read The Road. Oprah Book Club.
1: Sure. Yeah. There's no country for old men. Yeah. In yeah, fact, well. this is yes country for young girls. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so
0: he, so tell everyone about Cormac McCarthy, who, by the way, this is like in interviews with Cormac McCarthy. Yeah,
1: there's like a long rambling video of, of Mr. McCarthy where he's just like talking. It seems like he's being held at gunpoint talking about how great and advanced the Santa Fe Institute is. It's a very strange connection because you don't think of him as much of, like, a hard science man.
0: No, and they hired him to, what was it, like, basically, like, write copy for them? Essentially, yeah. And, like, do, like, brand work?
1: Yes, which means it just goes to prove everyone's a whore.
0: But, it, but it's also like so funny because when you're talking about like, man, we've really got to like rebrand and really get like a great voice for our organization. It's like you choose Cormac McCarthy. It's like the that's the most dystopian, apocalyptic thing I've ever heard in my life.
1: I am looking at a video right now on Oprah's website. Where does Cormac <laughs> McCarthy eat lunch? And, uh... Short short answer is the Santa Fe Institute. Wait, yeah, on
0: Oprah's it, website. If
1: you look up Cormac McCarthy and Santa Fe Institute, there are like a hundred videos. Um, okay. He is, let's say, close to the institute.
0: What's the deal with Pierre Omidyar?
1: Pierre Omidyar is also a huge financial backer of the institute. There's like an Omidyar like fellowship there. Uh, and Pierre Omidyar uh, also runs like a multinational intelligence network, too, and is like really close to the Modi regime.
0: Yeah, dude, I don't know if our listeners know that much about Pierre Omidyar.
1: We should probably talk about him in length at some point, but mm-hmm. Pierre is not your friend.
0: Yeah, perhaps after we talked to Glenn Greenwald. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, maybe after Glenn's. On. Yeah, the Intercept's cool. Yeah, um, we do but like, they do good work. They do good work. Pierre Omidyar does not. Yeah. Uh, no. He is like uh, Soros on steroids, basically. Yeah. Uh, not the kind of guy that you want. If I had an institute, there would be no Pierre Omidyar fellowship mm-hmm. there. Um, so it's just another one of those weird little things. And of course, Epstein is super tied into this. I mean, he was close to this institute. It's one of those weird hippie kind of like Feynman, you know, like we're, we're, we're smoking dope and talking physics kind of thing.
0: Right. But then they do like really, really crazy bad stuff. Exactly.
1: New Mexico, of course, hasn't been reported on as much. He did traffic girls there, but in his little black book, he also had names under the tag Massages, New Mexico, Linda, Nikki, Sabrina, Diana. And I wonder how many other girls out there. Yeah. There was, just,
0: there was just just an article in the New York Times um, about the two sisters yes. who we were reading from some of their um, their lawsuit against Ghislaine. Mm-hmm. It was particularly against Ghislaine, I think. Yeah. Uh, or they named Ghislaine as a, the primary... Uh, person they were suing uh, big story about their time at Zorro Ranch
1: yeah and it's yeah I mean it's it's definitely you should read it uh, do not read it on um, what do you call it incognito mode because they'll catch you <laughs> uh, but it's it's certainly it's interesting to to note that he bought the the, the property in 93 from Bruce King who was the governor yes and whose son was later attorney general.
0: Yeah, that's something that's very interesting that keeps coming up in a lot of these Epstein stories. And this is, this is the same that some research that's been done on the sort of connections and Little St. James is that you find out, like, the governor of New Mexico is helping him out, the attorney general. The this, wife of the governor
1: of the Virgin Islands is on, a, like, a board of some, the company that he owns, which I've is, heard- like, not a real company.
0: Yeah, I've I've heard from some boots that actually she was one of his assistants yep. for some while a while. Um, so it's um, you know, all of these places, like people in in the government absolutely knew and what was going on and that's also a way that, you know, these these compounds are kind of protected. Mm-hmm. And from like by law enforcement.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, he wasn't when he went to New Mexico. He sent. There's actually you can look these up. He has little emails. He would send like, hey, you know, I'm on the sex offender list. I'm coming there. He wasn't actually on the sex offender list in New Mexico. though. Yeah, that was so the he got. State he was not.
0: Yeah, on. someone helped him out there.
1: Mm-hmm. Just like someone tried to help him out in New York and get his status downgraded. Yeah, I wonder why that was. Yes. So anyways, uh, if you live in New Mexico, go to that ranch immediately. The FBI still hasn't raided it. I'm sure it's been cleaned and acid sprayed and bleached from top to bottom, but you can uncover something and you can get in the tunnels, my man. You can get... I'm talking directly to you. You can get in.
0: (laughs) Watch out for those aliens. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So this motherfucker Stuart Piver Stuart pervert Stuart Pervert first of all, who is this bitch? taking care of Epstein every day hanging Mr. Epstein in his cell
0: <laughs>
1: Stuart pivar 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 Pivar
0: Pivar it's crazy. so yeah the um, most- this is it's it's so great because um every week it seems like some new totally insane interview comes out <laughs> yeah. about Jeffrey
1: Epstein. Jeffrey, it's crazy. You think like, oh man, these people are so, like again, we talked about this like these people are there has, has to be someone smart pulling the strings here because these people are all fucking imbeciles.
0: I mean, I yeah, I think everyone might just be really stupid.
1: No, that's what they want us to think.
0: So this is of course what we're talking about is this bombshell of an interview in Mother Jones,
1: mm-hmm. that classic socialist magazine, Mother Jones, <laughs> <laughs> which is crazy because they have a pedophile on staff, Kevin Drum. Is he allegedly allegedly a pedophile? It's been said in comment sections, which are deleted. But
0: <gasps> who? What's the woman's name? Uh, uh, what's
1: her name? Claire. Claire Jean- yeah, Jean-
0: yeah, she's a local, San I, Francisco. I know.
1: I, we used to kind of fuck around, and I don't really want to. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah. Well, what? I don't really want to, like, bring her name up on the show.
0: All I, right. So this article is called Jeffrey
1: Epstein, My Very, Very Sick Pal. So Pivar is a fucking insane person. Well, he's 89 years old. Yeah, but he's been insane, like, for decades, though.
0: He's an art collector and, quote, a controversial scientist. So, and I think that we need to just <laughs> highlight scientists here. The reason because... he's
1: so controversial... Is because he doesn't believe in like regular Darwinian evolution. He has this like theory that he came <laughs> up is where we all came from like donut shaped beings. <laughs> it's and, like it's like tubular. Yeah, it, no, it's it's a it's toy bar, toy bar or something. It's like a <laughs> word I've never seen before. But because he's just making all this up, he 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 put out this book describing this theory, and I read a review of it, and the guy said this book. Is not fit for a clown college. <laughs> he because, said it was evolution for balloon animals. Yeah. And he he like says that like, yeah, it's it's a donut shaped. This is Mr. Pivar's hypothesis. It comes from a donut shaped. And then he sort of like starts drawing the donut shaped morphine into like a pair of legs. And the, that's yeah, how we like, got legs. It
0: like splits off in legs. I mean, it's totally insane.
1: Totally insane. But Correct.
0: <laughs> so he also founded the New York Academy of Art alongside Andy Warhol. Uh-huh.
1: Uh huh. Another uh, alleged, you know what I mean? Artist, yeah. <laughs> scientist.
0: Um, and Epstein also was on the board later on of the shocking. I know. So these guys were good friends. Um, and I suppose I guess uh, Pivar was at was at like a bunch of those like weird science summits and knows Steven Pinker and Alan (laughs) Dershowitz and all
1: the same guys that keep coming up. It's funny though. He keeps repeatedly mentioning that he never um, went to the Isle of Babes
0: yeah, that's what he keeps calling it, the Isle of Babe. He seems
1: to, like, be under the very, it's like... Such
0: a dorky nickname. I know,
1: it's such a, like, a. am a scientist. I mean, look this guy up, and you'll you'll Ugh. understand why he calls it the Isle Sex of Babe. Sex dorks.
0: This guy does not seem like he... Has,
1: this guy is not boinking.
0: No. There's like the
1: neurological thing going on he's, with this it's guy a, where It's like a donut, tubular donut down there. <laughs> yeah, he's got nothing but a donut. <laughs> it, it's it's he seems rather confused during the whole story. Like he does, or during the whole interview. Like he doesn't exactly um realize what he's doing. Like he's
0: Yeah, he seems like he's getting confused. So I think what we should do, Brace, is we should just because Our listeners love this so much, and we do like to give you guys a little treat. I think we should just read from some of it.
1: Okay, what part? What do you think? I'm I'm a Mother Jones reporting this. So how did you guys meet? One
0: day in the early 70s, a friend of mine brought me to Jimmy Goldsmith's mansion on the east side, and I walked in, and there in the grandiose lobby was a grand piano, and there was somebody playing the piano with great virtuosity, and it was Jeffrey Epstein. That's how I met him. Did you know that Jeffrey was a piano virtuoso?
1: I heard that he played the piano. I never heard the word virtuoso.
0: Yeah, he was a major talent among his other talents.
1: So you. Got, so who's wait? Who's Jimmy Goldsmith?
0: Uh, okay, Jimmy Goldsmith. Uh, funny, should I ask? Um, is he was? Uh, I believe he was a member of the European Parliament. Actually. Uh. But he's like a major uh like money maker tycoon politician a goldsmith. <laughs> the Goldsmiths actually were um, um funny enough a like rival family to the Rothschilds. Really? It's like an old school aristocracy. <laughs> My people beat him
1: out. <laughs> Fuck you, Jimmy.
0: Yeah, he also um I believe he was like kind of a right hand like financier.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Mm, financier man to a1
1: Margaret Thatcher. Oh, oh, Maggie. Yeah, so pedophile.
0: Um, yeah, he's an interesting guy. He's he's a big guy. Uh,
1: we, I'm sure he's British.
0: Uh, yes.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm I guarantee there's some echoes of You Tree in this. If you know what I mean. Actually,
0: it's Fr- well French and British.
1: Well, okay. Yeah, definitely not echoes of You Tree. This man should have been caught. Mm. Um, so I've got to ask right off the bat. What's your take about the current scandal, the allegations?
0: Listen, I'm in mourning for Jeffrey.
1: I understand. The
0: way he died is very immaterial.
1: Do you think he would be the type of person to take his own life?
0: Those things are are trivia to me with respect to Jeffrey and what he was and all that kind of stuff. That's not the issue.
1: I uh, understand.
0: That's not of any interest, really. Jeffrey was an important person. The detail of he happened to kill himself is completely immaterial and profoundly sad.
1: What do you think you know about Jeffrey that the broader public might not know about, you know, who he is as a person?
0: Everything, everything, everything.
1: So you don't think he's guilty of any of the allegations against him right now?
0: Let's put it this way. What's the difference between the punishment which befalls a murderer and a serial murderer? It's the same. If Jeffrey was found guilty of fooling around with one 16-year-old (laughs) troll-up, nobody would pay any attention. The trouble is what he did was quantitative, not qualitative. What Jeffrey did is nothing in comparison to the rapes and the forceful things which people did. Jeffrey had to do with a bunch of women who were totally complicit. For years, they went, came there, time and time and time again. And if there was only one of them who did it, no one would have noticed, except he made an industry of it. And why did he make an industry out of it? Because Jeffrey was a very, very, very sick man. For some reason, that doesn't get understood. Did you ever hear of nymphomania? Do you know what that is?
1: Uh, little editor's note here. Yes, I do. (laughs) Uh, Stupid, (laughs) Brace. Vaguely, yes.
0: What do you mean vaguely? Everybody knows what a nymphomaniac is. It's a girl (laughs) who is insatiable in her sexual appetite, right? Yes. Yeah, there are men who are like that, and it's a disease. It's called satiriasis. And Jeffrey was afflicted with that. I see. Mm, he couldn't help
1: himself. And this is something... I know that. This is something that you observed with him personally as his friend.
0: That close range.
1: You saw him struggle with this.
0: Mm, yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jeffrey was pathological. That's the thing.
0: Yeah, but the idea of framing it as an illness
1: is, is like ridiculous.
0: Also, this is like, I mean, so like Dr. Freud over here, by the yeah. way, it's like... This is not a thing that's, like, diagnosed. This is not a thing anymore.
1: Really? There's no nymphomaniacs or ceteriasis men?
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that there are people that, like, have issues with this. But don't we know? I mean, isn't it normally, like, sex addicts?
1: Yeah. I mean, I've known people who I would probably describe as sex addicts. And, like, I don't think that they... Really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I went to rehab and I went to rehab with people with like mental illnesses and stuff who were mostly there for that. And yeah, there was people there who were basically addicted to sex. They were addicted to like jacking off and stuff too. Just like all kinds of weird stuff. Like they couldn't help themselves. Um, that doesn't really seem to me like what Jeffrey had. I mean, he had this like need to do it a few times a day, but his was like, these people didn't have the sex urge with children, you know? Like, they they were just, it was anything.
0: Okay, let's get back to this, because there's some good little bits in here.
1: And were there any other moments like that where you became aware of things Jeffrey was doing?
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: Would you care to share any of those details?
0: Yeah, one time. The point is, Jeffrey was a sick man. Like, people are sick with all kinds of diseases of every kind, especially behavioral ones. There are all kinds of nuts running around. They get guns, they kill people, and all that kind of stuff due to behavioral aberrations.
1: It's interesting to hear from someone who knew Jeffrey Epstein. Well,
0: I knew him quite well for years and years and years and
1: years and years. Who is bringing the perspective that he was a sick individual, that he couldn't help himself. I
0: observed that Jeffrey Epstein was a very important person in the scientific world. Jeffrey brought science to something, which nobody else did. What was that? He brought together scientists for the sake of trying to inculcate some kind of higher level of scientific thought, even though he himself didn't know shit from Shinola about science. He never knew nothing about anything.
1: Nevertheless. How do you think he got so successful if he didn't know anything? That's one big question around Jeffrey Epstein.
0: No, no, no. He didn't know anything about science.
1: Okay. He
0: knew plenty about how to make money.
1: What were some of his passions in science? What did he talk to about the realm of science?
0: Jeffrey, how do you put this? Jeffrey came into the concept of thought and science and all with no knowledge whatsoever about anything. He really didn't know a goddamn thing. I don't even believe that he taught math. I can't. Oh, Jeffrey once told me that he studied math with the Unibomber. Did you know that? Really? Yes. Jeffrey told me that he studied math at UCLA with the Unibomber, who was a math teacher. Um, okay. So we got to just for a second. Pause the scene.
1: Um, Jeffrey didn't go to UCLA.
0: Well, neither did Ted Kaczynski. Ted Kaczynski <laughs> was a professor at uh, UC Berkeley. Uh-huh. So I could see how... Well, it was
1: in the 60s, right?
0: Uh, yeah, I believe that he... It was like three years. Yeah, I think it was like 66 to 69.
1: Um, yeah, Jeff would have been a little young then.
0: Well, so, okay. Okay. You got to get weird on aliens. Now, I want to get a little weird on Jeff. Absolutely. So okay. here's my question. It's Okay, so I think it's totally believable that this, like, foppish, crazy old man Mm -hmm. um, got mixed up about UCLA and UC Berkeley. Yeah, totally. Totally believable.
1: Absolutely. I do it all the time.
0: (laughs) No, you don't. But people have said that Jeffrey was, like, a math genius.
1: Yeah, I've heard that a lot. I mean, he must have been to get hired at Dalton when he was 20.
0: (laughs) Well, okay, so if Jeffrey was... Studying with Ted Kaczynski,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that would have he like it could have been when he was sixteen.
1: You think so at UC Berkeley? Well, Just Jeffrey like, would
0: have been sixteen when Ted Kaczynski was at Berkeley.
1: Yeah, so
0: so he, this is possible.
1: It, do you think that maybe Epstein was such like a math genius and such like an amazing physicist, and possibly was helping out in some nuclear or neutron based projects, but he also had this terrible addiction and lifestyle I mean the government may have supplied him with uh, these lavish lifestyle in order to keep him satiated I don't know
0: it just sounds so crazy because then you read stuff that quotes Jeffrey talk I mean it's like he sounds he's like a total moron
1: yeah like on the, the when he's like talking these dinners and like what does this have to do with pussy yeah yeah imagine Steven Pinker him just screaming that in Stephen Pinker's face <laughs> totally sober by the way Epstein was totally sober
0: that's true that's, what, that's another like funny
1: thing to keep in mind yes uh and he had p- pretty, st- he did, I mean, here he, he, he's so great at science and stuff and math. And then he's like, I want to freeze my dick.
0: Well, here's the other thing is that, you know, I don't know how much you know about Ted Kaczynski.
1: Not enough, I guess.
0: But you know about his, like, how he was part of a lot of experimental work with the U.S. government. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> And our friend free also has some experience with
1: the U.S. government. I mean, it's it's there's a few too many connections here to feel safe. Also, UC Berkeley has some ties to Los Alamos as well.
0: <laughs> they do. They and to very the, much do.
1: Yeah, into the UC into to the government. I mean, yeah. and there's a reason that there's signs in the Berkeley border that says Berkeley is a nuclear-free zone. Mm. It's to protect our sweet Liz. Yes. Um. But yeah, it is a little, um, let's say, troublesome.
0: Yeah. So I just want to, I do think it's like, I don't know, maybe this art guy is crazy. But that's like a funny, I mean, also Jeffrey could be lying.
1: Well, here's the other, yeah, Jeffrey was a fan, like, did tell some fantastic tales. The other thing, though, is he mentions earlier that he met him in ni- in the early 70s. How was Epstein at Jimmy Goldsmith's house in the early 70s, which, if we're being generous, ends at 74, uh, because he didn't start teaching at Dalton until 1974. Um, And why would Jimmy Goldsmith, this hugely powerful man, have Epstein at his house even when he was teaching at Dalton? So this article really has to be read to be believed. I mean, it is It is one of the greatest pieces of art that has come out since this whole Epstein kerfluffle came to life.
0: Maybe, um, it's quite long, um, but maybe we can just go to the end because it gets really, really funny at the end Absolutely. and really weird. So what's funny is at the end, um, <laughs> uh, Pavar starts freaking out and he starts to kind of backtrack a bunch. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I shouldn't have been talking to you. I shouldn't have said this. But he keeps insisting that Jeffrey is, like, diseased. Sick, yeah. Yeah. Um, And that no one is really... um,
1: No one went to the island. Nobody knew.
0: And that his affliction isn't being discussed scientifically.
1: But he also gets a little um, scared at the end.
0: Yes. He says... I know it's all very interesting, but I'm just realizing something. I've just gotten myself into terrible trouble, and everyone who knows is going to be mad at me. Why the hell did I pick up the phone?
1: I appreciate you giving me your your perspective on this, and...
0: No, you don't. You're going to misinterpret everything I just said, and you're about to get me into big-time trouble. I had no idea of what the hell Jeffrey was doing in all the years I knew him until it became clear, and then I divorced myself from having anything to do with him. But before that happened, for years and years and years, I watched Jeffrey do all kinds of interesting and amazing things, scientifically and so on.
1: Yeah, and you said from the very beginning, and I understand that, and I appreciate you giving me your perspective. The fact that you heard that story firsthand from Maria... No, you
0: don't. I'm suddenly... I am mad at myself for even talking to you. What's the name of your publication? This is where he starts to kind of lose it.
1: Yeah, and he goes down, and he just starts being like, why the fuck did I pick up the phone? I'm going to sue you, like... And the guy tries to actually give him money um, yes. to maybe not print this.
0: Yeah. So there's a lot in here. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, At the
1: end, he basically threatens to sue if his words are distorted. And so the author very smartly just prints this what seems like verbatim. Yes. Let's just read the last two questions. Okay. I appreciate you giving me your perspective on this.
0: No, you don't. You're a journalist. Journalists don't appreciate nothing. They're like lawyers.
1: I'm insulted, but that's okay. All right, well, you have a great night.
0: Okay, have a nice evening. You've ruined mine.
1: And that was by Leland Nally. It's in Mother mm-hmm. Jones, called Jeffrey Epstein, My Very, Very Sick Pal.
0: But I just think that like, the, t- the nice little takeaway beyond the um, bunk science and this thing about the Unabomber that I'm very interested in is that... um You know, perhaps we're not understanding Jeffrey's disease properly.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's just a sick man. Well, he's definitely sick with the sickness of death right now. The ultimate sickness. Yes. Um, But, you know, after the Salona connections, I'm not so sure. What do you mean? Well, Salona, again, as we were talking about, was the person who had the only photo of Jeffrey Epstein's quote unquote body. Oh, so
0: you're back on Freaky
1: Friday? I'm back on Freaky Friday. I don't think that dead. Oh, shit. I think he's in New Mexico. No! <laughs> if it is correct that a fundamental element of human nature is the need
0: for creative work or creative inquiry, then, of course, it will follow that a decent society should maximize the possibilities for this fundamental human nature. Well,
1: thank you for joining us for another episode of um, Barstool Sports.
0: (laughs) Brace, you don't know anything about sports. The only
1: podcast that is solely for pedophiles.
0: (laughs) That's true, actually. Um, They're from Boston, right?
1: Yes. Well, there you go. Miss Maxwell. uh, My name is Brace. Is it? Well, no. My <laughs> name is Isabel Maxwell. Galen's <laughs> sister. Oh. Uh, I'm Brace, That is... Liz. And our producer, Young Chomsky. We will see you in hell. <laughs> <laughs> On the flip side. Bye. Bye.
0: bye. <laughs> Jeffrey.